Hello, everybody. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. Joining me now, as promised, on the beat for ESPN, covering the New Orleans Pelicans, Mr. Andrew Lopez, a graduate of the great Loyola University of New Orleans, so you know his accolades are legit. Good morning, Andrew. What's up, dude? Nothing much, man. Just trying to just trying to figure out this crazy, wacky NFL, I mean, uh, NBA season. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm getting my seasons confused, man. That's how crazy of a year it's been. So. It, it really has been. I was, I was talking to a, a, a coach yesterday from a sport about a matchup, and He's like, well, you know, we played them earlier. I'm like, that's right. I just, I can't keep the, the schedules are all are like my my internal like yearly calendar, Andrew. And I, maybe you're like this too. It really just revolves around the sports seasons because of yeah. my line of work, and just it was kind of like that before I'd go to work. Like each season, I'm just thinking about the dates and okay, this sport right now, it means it's this time of year, this is happening. I remember specific years in my life and events, non-sports events, but the reason I remember it is because I'm like, oh, yeah, that same year was when this happened in the world of sports. So I, I typically I'm, I'm good with time, but because of COVID, the sports calendar's off, so sometimes I have trouble just remembering what day it is, honestly. Uh, I'll tell you what, the, the day thing, if, if <laughs> I there's been many a day I've woken up on a – Wednesday thinking it's a Saturday or a Saturday thinking it's a Tuesday. And sometimes the only thing that keeps me straight is the, the semblance of some type of sports calendar um, of, of, of looking up like during the fall, it was like, Oh, our football games being played today. Now, granted that could have been seven days a week, but or, or is football being played? Okay, cool. Football's being played. That means it's one of these days. It's, it's, it's just been wild and, and, and wacky and, with postponements and cancellations and everything being shortened, it's just made for a very, uh, very weird time. For sure. And then all the postponements, you've at least had a little bit of advance until Monday where it was like uh, 30 minutes for a tip-off roughly. Can't play tonight's game against the Spurs. Um, Yeah, that one was, uh, that one was wild. Usually it's, you know, Hey, something came back in the morning test. Hey, something came back, you know, with with a positive. We're going to postpone your next three games, or we're going to do this. That one came. I mean, we're we're we were literally on Monday night sitting at our computers, waiting for Stan Van Gundy to talk, talking with PR at this point about, hey, how do we 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 do this? Hey, Zoom changed this feature. How do how do we fix it? Um, and then, like ten minutes later, it's like, okay, uh, bye. We got to go. That's like, wild. It, it was it happened that quick for us. So it just kind of goes to show you this this wasn't a situation where you know we 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 knew it was coming. I mean, last, Monday was was a was a a weird deal for how quickly um, that happened. Well, as quickly as things change, I'm hoping that the Pelicans' play on the court can change quickly. And it, you're only well, look, they've only played 15 games to this point, and you start out four and two. There's promise. You you lose a game. You had no business losing against Indiana. Just completely blew it late. You know, whether you make a challenge, whether you call a timeout, you win the game. Uh, you lose a game to the Thunder at you know at the last second. You just can't play defense. You now okay. Now it's like. 
at that point, they're they're 500, but you're like, boy, they've let these two slip away. I, I didn't see the signs yet of maybe what was to come. I was at the game against the Hornets, watching them lose to the Clippers, lose to the Lakers. I know they got a win against Sacramento, but they gave up 123 in that game. Losing to Utah, who's good. It really, to me, the, the culmination, Andrew, was just Saturday night was just – I tend to be more of the optimistic long-term view of this franchise, which is difficult at times, and I'm still doing it. Like, I still think that this team will be better in March than they are now, and I have said that consistently since before the season, but I got some flack in my mentions for just posing the question, are the Pelicans the worst team in the league right now? And I think when you lose to Minnesota's G League roster – and the effort's not there, and the Timberwolves are running the same play over and over and over, and it's working, and you're not doing anything. Like, I can't, like, that's, they. everyone's to blame for that. Like, I can't sit by and just be like, that's all right, things will be better in March. Like, I can say things are going to be better in March and point out how disappointing they are in the moment because they're really disappointing right now. Like, where, where are you at currently with this team and their play here over the last couple of weeks? It has been disappointing, and I really do think that there are a couple of factors in in play right now. Um, let's let's go back and start with the the three games they lost at home that they probably should have won. I feel they probably should have won all three. Um, I in in talking to others, they're like ah, you know. I think OKC outplayed them. I think this team outplayed them. But for the most part, and you you started off with it, you should have won the Indiana game. No questions asked. You're up six with 25 points left. I mean, 25 seconds left. Um, In the last 10 seasons up to that game, a team that was up six with 25 seconds to play was 8,104 and two. That's wild. (laughs) Leave it to Uh, the Pelicans. and then three is now the, the is now the pelican. I really think that that game took a lot out of this team. This is a team who, uh, for the for the most part, and this has been going back to last season, when they get punched in the mouth, they don't always answer back. They just don't. They for whatever reason they're they're just it, it's hard for this team to fight and get back in games. Right. So. When you when you go back and you look at at, at last year or, or look at these last three four weeks, you lose that one, then you play OKC and, and that's a game again where OKC was not playing guys or, or you know they just didn't feel like that was the right game. You lose that game. You let that play roll into the Charlotte game. Uh, you have the postponement. You play. You have the Dallas game, and then that loss to the Clippers you're feeling good about it because you don't have Lonzo, you don't have Bledsoe, and you don't have Zion. And you still get 37 points from Nikhil Alexander-Walker. And you're like, oh, man, okay, this is something. And Bledsoe and Zion come back the next game. The Lakers, you're in it for three quarters, you lose. Um, then the two Utah games, you, you, you get beat. You win that Sacramento game, obviously. Uh, for that stretch, you can make the argument, yeah, like, you go back and look at ESPN's power rankings from Monday. Uh, the top three teams are the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Jazz. Those are the four, three teams you lost to four times. You can make that argument, you know what, you weren't going to win those games anyway. But when you get to Minnesota, 
that was the game that, hey, this is bad. Something has gone really wrong here for uh, for us to be in this position. And you kind of looked at it and you saw no one, no one in that game looked like they had energy from the start. No, no one looked like they wanted to be there, I think, on either team. And when you're losing to a team like that who doesn't have uh, D'Lo, they didn't have Carl uh, Anthony Towns, I mean, D'Lo was – D'Angelo Russell was, was resting after playing 20 minutes the night before on, a, on what was supposedly like a preordained, you know, back-to-back plan. What? Uh, so, to me, there was just a – that was like the, the worst loss. Yeah. I think you really wanted to get back on track um, against, against the Spurs. You, you would like to be able to get back on track against Washington where you have to play a Milwaukee and a Houston – Luckily, you get Sacramento back here next week. So there's some, you know, it's hard right now when you're a 5-10 and 10 ball club at, who thought you were going to be competing for a spot. There, there's some issues there um, that need to be addressed, and, and we have to see if they will be addressed. ESPN1420.com. I, I, I try to take a measured approach, Andrew, and, like, there was a small part of me when I, I don't have the blue check mark, I don't have as many followers as you. But when I saw the amount of response my tweet was getting about, you know, this is an indictment on the franchise, like I was, part of me was like, all right, did I overreact? Like, am I, you know, am I becoming one of those? And you know, the more I thought of it, I was like, no. Like, what happened Saturday is just, like you said, it's kind of like you could explain other things, but that was too much, man. And I don't, I don't know what happens the next time they hit the floor. But, to your point, they had a 13-game losing streak last year, but throughout it, you never once saw a lack of effort. Maybe I'm I, maybe I misremembering. Maybe there was a half here or there, but you know what I mean. Like a, like, like a Dallas game. Right, where, right, where exactly. Like, okay, all right. You're, yeah. you're not fair enough. That was like the only but – but to your, to your point, it didn't happen much. It right. It wasn't the thing that was you saw over and over and over and over again. Like this one, you just saw um, a fight in the team last year, and I'm just not yeah. seeing it. And that deserves to be called out. That deserves to be criticized. And I, I, I you know, I hope that we're we're right when we say this team will be playing much better basketball in March for obvious reasons, right? You know, minutes together, new coach, new rotation, all of that. But right now, I don't know. I mean, do you do you? The next time they hit the floor, are you expecting lineup changes? Are you expect and, and I know COVID could obviously have an impact on who's available, who's not. But what, where do they go from here? I guess is the is the million dollar question. Let's let's presume a healthy roster for for point to this because it, it, you know guys could be out for extended periods of time if there is a COVID issue. Let, let's let's pretend everyone is healthy, um, and you have your your your, your starting lineup at will. Uh, we we've asked. Stan Van Gundy, do you think you'd make some changes? Um, the starting lineup was plus in net rating, uh, which is your offensive rating point. You know, points you're scoring per 100 possessions, and then defensive rating points you're allowing per 100 possessions. Uh, last Monday, so nine, you know nine days ago, that starting lineup was was positive uh, plus 8.5. It was seventh best in the league in uh, lineups that had played 100 minutes so far this season. Uh, after those three games last week, that lineup, that exact same lineup, is now negative 
um, which is third worst in the NBA of all teams that have played 100 minutes. Only I think only I think the Spurs, who they would have played on Monday, um, only that starting five that they use, and the Golden State starting five, which is like minus 20 something right now, um, as as they try to figure some things out, had been worse. So maybe it is time for some lineup changes to come. Um, doesn't sound like Stan is leaning that way. To, to be quite honest, Stan thinks, you know, he, he they just have to play better defense and they have to get better production from the bench. Uh, a big issue here, a huge issue to me, has been uh, just the simple fact that the guys that you were depending on to make shots are not making shots. <laughs> and it's it's sometimes as simple as that. You you look at a JJ Redick. Okay, J.J. Reddick's supposed to be your sharpshooter. J.J. Reddick's shooting 30% from the uh, three-point line right now. Yeah. And it, it, that's not good. Nicole O'Malley was supposed to be your, your, your four who could stretch the floor next to Z. Uh, he shot 35 or 36% last year um, before the bubble. I think his, his numbers might have dipped a little bit after, like in the bubble. He shot terribly in the bubble. He's under 20% from three this year. He's, almost, he's unplayable now. You don't even see him in the rotation. Um, you know, when Eric Bledsoe is still shooting 40%, but is not going to get that, he's not going to get that respect that a JJ is going to get. The one thing about JJ is even at 30% shooting, JJ is going to command a, a respect. He's going to command attention. Um, on the simple fact that he's JJ Reddick. Uh, you know, no coach in their right mind is gonna, you know, say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna leave Reddick open." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like nobody's doing that. So, to me, your your shooters need to be able to just make shots. Um, for one, you know, I, I really don't think there is a spacing issue. Um, I know it's easy to say, "Oh, Zion and Bi and, and, and Adams, that's not working. It's it's clogging up the driving lanes for." For Bi, you know they played thirty game. I mean, twenty five games last year with Zion starting next to to Derek Favors. They didn't really have an issue. Um, so I, I think that is still c- can still work because of the amount of offensive rebounds you're going to gobble up. Uh, you simply need to play better defense. After that Minnesota game, Stan said basically, "Hey, look, our our our, our better players need to play better." And that's as as much as you can get uh, calling out two players without calling out two players. And, uh, you know, right after that, Brandon came on and said, like, I have to play better defense. Zion said, maybe I need to do better. Maybe I need to do more. Um, so when this when this team does take the floor again, I am, I am excited to see uh, what they're going to be able to do. Andrew Lopez, our guest, ESPN reporter. Covers the New Orleans Pelicans in the NBA, ESPN 1420.com. He's our guest. I'm Scott Prather. So let's talk about a guy that uh, not because of not, – not really by any fault of his own, but I, <laughs> by, by, by nature of the fans' response to him, how divided they are, Alonzo Ball's become a polarizing player. And one of the more polarizing players in the history of uh, the New Orleans Hornets slash Pelicans – and it's just, it seems like a fan base is so divided and some are Lonzo fans first, Pels fans second, but whatever it is, I just see so much debate about him constantly. Is is he the right fit in this, in, in a Stan Van type of offense? Is his future with New Orleans, is it somewhere else? I know it's a very 
general question, Andrew, but you know the fan base pretty well. You know what I mean when I say yeah. through no fault of his own, he's just become a polarizing player. Yeah, and if if you're – there's some people out there who if you believe just let Lonzo run point and just do what he does, this team would be, you know, 12-3 and three right now. There wouldn't be any issues. Yeah, and, yeah I don't believe that. Uh, it just hasn't happened at, at any point really in his career. Even when you get back to when he was uh, running the point last year, uh, things weren't always always smooth. I mean, I think they were. He was playing better last year for sure. Um, I think that Pretty version probably. of Alonzo that you would like to see is that version from pretty much mid-December to, to the end of the, the suspension of the regular season when yeah. he was averaging 13, 8, and 7 and shooting 40% from three. He's under 30% from three right now. I don't think he's quite confident and, and he's trying to figure out his new role his assists are down well yeah his assists are down that's because uh they're playing the offense in the midcourt through through other guys now bi is getting more of a touch um so he's not going to get those opportunities his rebounds are down of course his rebounds are down uh steven adams is, is is on the block now gobbling up stuff uh and, and same thing uh with, with bi's numbers are up and then zion's numbers are up so even if you just look at Zion's number, that's two more defensive rebounds a game that maybe Lonzo was getting that now Z's going to get, and Z's going to try to push up the floor. So uh, to me, I, I don't know if, if New Orleans I, – I still believe in Lonzo Ball as a starting NBA point guard. Let me put that out there first. I still believe Lonzo is a starting NBA point guard. I really do. Uh, the issue for me becomes I don't know if he is the starting point guard for this New Orleans Pelicans team. Um, I, but because of the way you want him to play, essentially you want him to be a shooting guard in the half court and your point guard in the full court. Um, for for the things that you're you're wanting him to do, it, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. Uh, you know, if if his shots not falling, he he really can't be that guy that gets respect, and he's not going to be a, the, the the driver who goes to the, to, to the hoop. They they've been trying to get him to do that. They've been saying that since. Um, you know, since the preseason, uh, and and he's just that, that's just not who he his he is right now. So um, you do have Kyra Lewis, you have Nikhil Alexander Walker. You know, maybe maybe those are the guys you you look to as the the future starting backcourt. I'm not sure, but um, it, it's becoming more difficult to see how Lonzo fits in uh, the way Stan Van Gundy wants to run this offense with Brandon and Zion. And um, and if, if if that's the case. You know he he is going to be a restricted free agent at the end of the year. Maybe you look to do something with him. But um, as for as as for his just himself, like I, I still think that he is a a very very good point guard. Um, maybe, maybe one very uh, who who can still be something in this league. One very one very works. I mean, I, I think back to Stan Van. Um... Stan Van's teams in Orlando that were good, uh, you know, maybe that went to the finals. And I know that, that the NBA has evolved and changed a little bit. Um, so this, I mean, take it for what it's worth, but I think back to, you know, the point guards of that team, uh, Jameer Nelson, Rafer Alston. I mean, these are guys that their games are different in a lot of ways from uh, Lonzo's. Um, you know, they're guys that, 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 uh, you know, Rafer would penetrate, uh, you know, Jameer, you know, was a good scorer. They're just, and I'm, I'm, yes, I'm grasping at, uh, just, okay, let's look at a roster of when, when Stan Van had a lot of success and, and things have changed a little bit, but it just doesn't seem like an ideal fit. 
for either side. You mentioned Kyra Lewis. Do you just see him just getting more PT as the season goes on? Uh, you, you would hope. <laughs> you would you you would hope. I think for for him and the Keel, uh, you'd like to see those guys get a little bit more run. Um, and uh, to to be quite honest, I think I think they've both earned it, especially the Keel. He's he's probably earned. Uh, I don't want to say that he's earned starters minutes, but he's he's definitely probably earned a spot where he should be playing. You know, um, you know, twenty twenty minutes a night, I think, uh, and I, and I think you're you're seeing that. I think you're, he's getting to that point where he's got a spot down, you know, locked down in the rotation. Um, so to to me, I think those are, you know, you want to see those these young kids. You want to see what these kids can do. And, and I think at the end of the day, uh, if that is what you determine to be your backcourt of the future, uh, and you you know, and if you Let's let's say at the end of the first half of the season, okay, that's uh, what the, the the first week of March. Um, some restrictions will have been lifted by then, uh, trade wise. If you're still, you know, ten ten games under five hundred on March fourth, okay, well maybe you start to move some guys by the deadline. Maybe you look to find some some ways to open up some minutes for Kyra and McKeel and, and and run the second half of the year and say, look, let's see what we got. And, and move on from there. But, you know, you, you made this roster in a condensed time period. Um, now you got to try to figure some things out. And, again, I, I do think some of their roster issues would be, uh, would be fixed quite easily if simply if some of these guys made shots. If J.J. was shooting 45% again, if Melly was shooting 35%, I think you'd have some, you know, some of your easier answers would come. And then that would help out the offense on the other side. But uh, until these guys start defending the right way on defense, it's all going to be uh, a, a, a mismatch and a jumble. Andrew Lopez, our guest, ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. All right, let's let's end it with uh, the two guys on the team that Stan Van said our culture is going to be what they decide it's going to be. Talking about Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. Let's start with Zion. Um, Letter grade for his offense, letter grade for his defense at this point in his career. What are you what are you handing out there, Professor Lopez? For for his career. To this point. Um, his pro career, which is still early, right? I mean, I'm just Yeah, yeah. So here here's the thing. We have to remember this is a guy who has played thirty eight career games at this point. Not many. Thirty thirty eight career games. If he had played this many games in a single season, he would still be in his first season. It would still be the first half of his rookie year. Noted. Good point. He is a guy who is averaging twenty-three and seven, and no one. You have to go back to like the shacks of the world to find somebody who averaged more points in the paint per game than uh, than Zion Williamson. To me, that's very significant. Uh, you look at you look at those numbers, and you you got to think. You know, would you like a mid-range game? Sure. Would you like him to hit a couple of these threes that he takes that aren't against San Antonio? Sure. But he's still a force on that end at six six in the post. So to me, I'd give him an A minus on that side. Um, defense is—that's uh, another story. Um, he has not been good on, on the defensive end. Uh, he still has mental lapses. He still ball watches. Um, I think a D is generous. Yeah. I think, 
I, I, I think I think there's way there, there's there's spots where he's improving, but I think it's disappointing because you go back and look at the player he was at Duke, and it was insane what he was able to do on the defensive end, um, in terms of just the way he was moving on that side of the ball. Now he's he's getting kind of back to that. He's playing the passing lanes again. Uh, he's he's getting some of those thunderous blocks that you you start to recognize, but. I think the bottom line is the the little things, pick and roll defense, um, ball watching, stuff like that has to stop. And for for this team to make the jump that they want to make, uh, he has to get better on that end. And and Brandon Ingram still needs to to improve defensively on that end. Um, for B for Bi, I think it's more of he's he's forcing things. Um, I think he's. He's trying too hard uh, at, at times, which you never want to think anybody is trying too hard. But when a guy is just continuously, I think trying to trying to prove that he's the guy, he's trying to prove he's worth that hundred fifty eight million. Hey man, you don't have to. Like it's you got it. It's okay. Yeah. It's you're, you're going to be just play how you play, play loose how you play in the first half. Uh, are teams adjusting to him in the second half now? Maybe, but I've, he's he's cooked in some third quarters. It's that fourth quarter that he's really been bad. So, um, they look, they're still they're still young. I, I don't I don't think anybody thought they were competing for a championship this year. If you don't make the playoffs, oh well, you don't make the playoffs. If you 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 battle back to make it to that ten seed, you put yourself in the playing game. Great, but the bottom line is if 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 you're still with a losing record twenty games from now, you need to just evaluate at that point. Trade off what you can get for assets, and play those young kids, and see what you have uh, the rest of this year, moving into next. I just want I just want to see the effort more than anything. The growing pains, you know, if you're a rational, objective viewer or fan, I think you get it, you expect it, you understand it. The lack of effort, like we saw last Saturday, is unacceptable. And, um, we'll and, to, and to to the lack of effort, I, I will say this, and again. Not trying to make excuses for the team. This is just a simple fact. That was the thirteenth day of a road trip where you couldn't leave your hotel for any of it. It were was you, it were was you on that road trip being on lockdown for the only place you could go was the gym with your team. You couldn't even like, hey, let's let let's let's go play let's go watch a movie together in a, in a in a room let's go do that they they had to stay in their rooms they could they had a certain amount of time that they could have with their teammates face to face i mean to, to me that's a lot and, no, and no, I, i'm not I, saying you should I, never have that sort of energy coming out in an nba game but i'm glad that you i'm glad you brought it up it's not so much an excuse for saturday but the larger point of you got a vibe last year that the team was pretty tight knit, pre bubble yeah. anyway, right? You did. You, you like you could see it when they started winning some games when Zion got there, the way Bi and Lonzo um, interacted, and in, in the late hours with Fred Vincent and the franchise just being happy when Bi got it. Like you saw a young team that was kind of gelling, and when you've got a transition and now Drew's in Milwaukee and you got, you know, Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe and some young cats and all of that. But like, they're not able to really spend any time together, not just in their own city, but on the road outside of whenever they're practicing. Like, you know, I mean, you, 
you hang out with people outside of work, Andrew, it's a little different than when you're on the grind and you're working, right? The, the vibe's different. You get to know them differently. That's where I feel like friendships amongst coworkers are truly built. There's something to that. And that's, again, not an excuse. It's just an overall point that for a team that's dealing with a new coach, um, a new rotation, not an entirely new roster, but a very young one, you know, when the most seasoned player on the team is, is Zion Williamson in terms of how long he's been there, uh, it tells you what you need to know about how young the roster is and the makeup of it. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I probably have not given that enough context and, and enough merit, but I do think there's something to trying to develop chemistry. You know, just hearing Stephen Adams talk in, in his interview he did with the reporter in New Zealand, like, it's hard to, like, I, he's like, I feel like I would like this city, and I don't dislike it, but I can't go anywhere. I'm just, yeah. I can't really hang out with these guys. And he's 27, he's been with one friend his whole life, now he's with, you know, new teammates, new place, and he can't go anywhere. So that's, that can, that can start to be a little depressing, and at the same time, it can really hinder just how quickly a team can assimilate with one another uh, just gel and, and, and kind of develop a sense of camaraderie. And then when you start losing and in some of the fashion they've lost in, you can see that kind of start to pour over a little bit. But, you know, it's up, to, it's up to Van Gundy and the leaders of that team to overcome it. Easier said than done, but it's definitely worth pointing out. So I, that's something I'll admit I hadn't given enough context to until you brought it up. Yeah, and, and, and to that vein, I mean, some of these guys, like their, their routines are thrown off on the road, like, you know, Lonzo and B.I., when they like to get into a city on the road, the first thing they go do is they go shoot at night. Instead, that time is now converted to uh, to to film study. Like, it, it, there's just so many little things that are thrown off. And when you introduce a new coach to the mix, I get where it can happen. Now, other teams are, are dealing with this issue, obviously. So to, to, it, it comes on the coaching staff. It comes on the players to figure it all out. Um, Stan is an old-school guy. How, how do you rework that? And that's kind of the big thing right now is, is figuring out how to make all of this work. All right. Last thing, we'll end on a, a note. I have a quick story, and then I'll ask you for one. But I, you were bringing up Zion's defense earlier, and a friend of mine called me out the other day, called me a hypocrite because he gave me uh, one of the NBA Jam shirts with Drew Holiday and Zion like before, you know, <laughs> after Zion was drafted. And I, I didn't take it from him. I was like, no, bro, you can keep it. And he was like, why? I'm like, I can't walk around disrespecting Drew Holiday's defense. Like, look at the rating. I'm just, I'm not going to do it. Like, I would feel bad. He's like, no one's going to notice it. I'm like, yeah, but I'll notice it. And he kind of laughed, and he's like, cool. I like the shirt anyway. I'll keep it. Well, I do have the Brandon Ingram Zion Williamson one, and I know that when I got it, I, I and many others pointed out, yeah, Zion's defense is ranked way too high on that. I'm like, I'll give you that. That's true. And so my friend's like, oh, so you're a hypocrite. You wouldn't wear this one because it was off. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, it's one thing when you're building the guy up. It's another when it's just false and it's, and, it's, and it's hurting the guy. So he called me out on it. That's my final question for you, Andrew. What's, uh, what's your, you know, whether it be a, an article of clothing, a card, an, like in all your years of, of being a guy that, that, that loves sports, probably before you, you know, you loved it before you made a living out of it. What's something either from childhood or even adulthood that's a, a piece of sports memorabilia, merchandise, closing, just one thing that you're like, this is mine. No one else will appreciate it as much as I do, but this thing right here was tailor-made for me. Ooh, that's a, that's a good one because like I, I never, even when I was younger, 
like I never found myself into like autographs right. or um or things like that. But there I, I guess there's certain things that so so in that case like if I in other than other than items that weren't necessarily Saints items, like I didn't necessarily care. Like as much. Like it, it was okay, whatever. I can you know, like I had a JJ Reddick Duke jersey, I had an Anquan Bolden Florida State jersey. Like those are just kind of passing things. But I, I guess the like some of the things like I can't get like I think I still have my my first Reggie jersey. Oh yeah, there and, you go, there you go. Brings you back to that uh, time. Yeah, my first Reggie jersey. I had a uh, <laughs> I got one now. Um, I have a, I have a Tracy Porter jersey that I just found the other day. But uh, here's one I don't have anymore. Um, I was a Josh Bullock's fan that year when he was with the Saints, his rookie season. Why? why? Can Uh, I ask why? (laughs) You have a Bullock's jersey? That's amazing. uh, I don't know where it is. I don't know if I even have it anymore. It might have been left at a a move in a house at some point. Some poor soul is trying to figure out why the hell there's a Josh Bullock's jersey. That's gold. Um, I think he had a couple good games like early in his rookie year. Um, and I was like, oh man, he's going to be great. We got a safety of the future. Uh, and, uh, that was, that was, that was very ill. Short lived. Short lived. Um, so yeah, I guess that's my one, like, okay. Yeah. You, you of all people, like, it doesn't make any sense to anybody else. Somebody else would probably just use that for fuel something. Uh, and I was like, oh, it's, it's nice. And it's not nice. A Josh Bullock's jersey. Like if you rep that on, if I saw somebody rocking that like at at the dome on game day in normal times, I would just I would have to stop and shake their hand. Like there's certain I, I get into this discussion with my friend Ralph Malbro who hosts the Saints Happy Hour podcast. There are certain like random Saints jerseys, and it's hard to quantify what would make it awesome and unique, and it can't be like a common one. There's some you could yeah. just say, oh, I had an old Cedric Hodge jersey. It's like okay, like whatever. But there's I, I can't quite like if you if you rock like an Orlando Ruff jersey or like a Josh Bullock's or a Joel Smeenzy or something I'm I might I might have to offer you like you know a, a couple of a couple I, I might have to talk we have to negotiate so I like I like where you went with that Andrew Lopez has been our guest giving us ample time here very generous we appreciate it Andrew uh, always enjoy reading all your stuff enjoy seeing you on uh, on ESPN as well breaking down the NBA and of course breaking down the Pelicans. So thanks for taking the time. You guys, if you're not following them, go ahead, do it uh, on Twitter. It's uh, at underscore Andrew underscore Lopez. He's got the blue check mark. He's got plenty of followers, and it's because he puts out great content on the New Orleans Pelicans. Thanks for the time, man, and uh, all the best, and we'll talk to you again soon, all right? No problem, man. Thank you.